The AI Optimist with Declan Dunn. Now we're all creating AI content. Isn't it easy, simple, fun? But should AI generated content even be eligible for copyright protection? Now, this week we're going to be looking into the question that right now I can take any art, photo, or writing you create with AI and take it, sell it, do what I want. Because if it came out with the help of AI, you can't copyright it. It's all in the public domain. You want to understand why AI copyrights don't happen? Well, like Picasso said, good artists copy, great artists steal. And I wonder what he'd say about AI copyrights. In this episode, we're going to explore what AI copyrights are, real-world cases that are being decided now that really impact how you're using it, if you're using it inside your company, and how you're planning to use it to create content. Because the key is if you don't own the copyright, you don't have a lot of control over it, and sometimes it might hurt you legally. So learn what rights you have and how laws struggle to keep pace with the technology. This is an amazing question that's going on. It reminds me of a story. A digital artist, a copyright lawyer, and an art buyer, they walk into the artist's gallery. The art buyer sees this beautiful painting and asks the artist, how much for that AI art you created? And the lawyer says, you know what? Nothing. It's AI generated, so it's yours for free. As crazy as that sounds, both digital artists and AI copyright, they're challenging traditional notions of creation and ownership. Digital artists break traditions with their ability to create art unbound by the physical limitations or even the fact that they might not even know how to physically paint it something, but they can with prompts create one with AI. But AI copyright disrupts everything because it's creating new forms of intellectual property that honestly don't fit neatly within existing legal frameworks. This isn't a joke. This is happening right now. And, and if you're creating AI content, this episode is so important to you. We're going to explore three cases of copyrights. In fact, let's jump right into the one of Jason Allen, Teatro de Opera Spatial. Hope I pronounced that right. Jason did 624 prompts. I Think about that. 624 prompts in Midjourney, a graphic design program. If you're not familiar, which you should be if you listen to this pod. 624 prompts. Then he takes that work, extensively edits it in Photoshop, and he wins an award at the Colorado State Fair. So then he goes to get a copyrighted time to sell it be able to sell prints, t-shirts, merch, what have you. And the copyright office says no. Now, what's interesting is I would argue that Jason's legal argument is a little weak because copyright law, as it is in the United States and pretty much everywhere, only recognizes human authorship. Remember that phrase, human authorship. So he went, and his lawyer went, I should say, and their argument was, this office is placing a value judgment on the utility of various tools. And that is absolutely not the right argument because the law, as it is now, and created since about 1976, it was updated in the US from 1909, this is not a fast-changing law. Copyrights last for a long time in the US. So 
they don't consider the law does not consider AI a tool. Now, a camera that I take a picture with is a tool and I can copyright the photo. That actually, in my next pod, I'll talk about that coming out of an episode with a photo of Oscar Wilde back in the 1800s, where they allowed a copyright to happen because the photo, the camera was considered a tool and the human being put work into it, framed it, lighting, sat Oscar in the right way, did a couple of takes. That's called the quote unquote expressive element. Now, putting that into it meant that the human being determined the outcome and therefore it was art. It was writing. It was a book. But in Jason's case, they didn't consider it a tool. They don't, that doesn't apply to existing copyright law because it said that the AI, Midjourney in this case, created it, not Jason. Think about that. What if he had argued the 624 prompts and looked at it and really talked? broke that down of how much work that takes. That's crazy amount of work. That's detail. And then he went into Photoshop. What if he argued that way that the human being uses as a tool? Now, I'm not saying that would have won. They still would say it's the way they look at it now is AI. And this is where law has to catch up, change, or do what law does, adapt to new situations. But he did not get it. And what happens is you don't get a copyright. Your content is public domain, meaning no one owns it. Yet, so AI is not a tool. At best, it's a co-creator. And the best case scenario might have been that mid-journey, the tool got part of the copyright and Jason did, which doesn't make any sense. And if you go to my pod uh, blog post, you're going to be able to read what the judgment was, why they disclaimed it, and it comes down to human authorship. Well, let's cut into why having a copyright is important in the first place. If you don't have a copyright, you don't really own the rights and control over your work. If you write a book and somebody takes it now, if I write a book as I've written 13, if somebody stole it word for word, I could at least stop them legally or try to. And what rights does a copyright give? Number one, the right to reproduce the work, making copies of the original work. Number two, to create what are called derivative works, modify that work to create something new, like part two of Game of Thrones, for example. Number three, distribute the work, share or sell it in public. Um, actually, number four, publicly display the work. Like if it's a work of art, display it on the wall. So technically, Jason, by showing it at the fair, didn't have the copyright, sort of didn't have the right to publicly show it. I mean, no one's going to th throw this at them. But think about how crazy that is with all the effort he put in. To publicly perform the work is number five, and to license the work to others. Permit others to you do any of the above reproduce it, create derivative works, distribute it with your permission and obviously compensation. You don't have any of these rights with AI content. So literally think about it. Any time you go to Midjourney, any of that art created, you can take and call it your own and even put your own name on it. And I'm not saying that's right or ethical, but what's funny is without a copyright, you don't even have the right to say what's ethical or not. You don't even have any sort of control. And I want you to think about this a little bit, not so much of, okay, I'm creating something fun. I'm just doing some things. That's sort of cute. I don't care about copyrights. But if you're actually doing services or an agency or hiring somebody and they use AI, the whole idea, and I'm going to get into this later, work for hire implies that you get the copyright, but you don't. This is massive. So what do you actually own? All this work you're doing and creating. And anyone can do anything with it because you don't have a copyright. You're not protected. So 
Let's talk to an example number two of a different technique someone used to try to prove that the work they did, which personally I believe you should be able to get a copyright for AI generated, but should you, should AI generated content be able to get a copyright? I did a survey of this and it was amazing. It was split in threes. A third said yes, a third said no, it's not original, and a third said we don't know. This is really a challenging topic. So let's go at a different angle. Jason came in and said, wait, you're judging the tool. The copyright office said it's not even a tool. <laughs> it's just doing the work for you. That's the one who gets it. And we don't give copyrights to machines. Interesting. There was another man, Stephen Thaler, who created a recent entrance to paradise. Now, what he did is really unique because he has a piece of software that he created called the Creativity Machine. So his idea was the Creativity Machine, which was his, I guess, version of MidJourney, to put it lightly. I don't want to go into what's the details of what goes into his software, but it created a really beautiful painting here. And that painting was not able to be copyrighted. Now, what Stephen did is he said, I'm not looking for the copyright personally. I want the creativity machine to get the copyright, which it would then extend to me. So think about that. He went and said the tool, the AI, in this case, I'm assuming it's AI, software either way, would get the copyright and then he would get it extended to him. He even tried to be able to get it recognized for a patent, which didn't work. And he's working really hard on this. But the legal theories under which a copyright in the computer's work would transfer him as the computer's owner is, for example, by operation of common law property principles or the work for hire doctrine did not apply. He lost because he argued about who gets the copyright, not why it should be granted without a human author. And in a way he did, but once again, it just comes down to no human authorship, no copyright. So for centuries, authorship and copyright has meant human authorship. There is no other concept in law, and this is what law does. It shifts and changes. And in my next pod, I'm going to talk to you about possible ways this can work. But the old and current copyright rules, they're not going to protect anything that's not done by a human. Now, if I write an article, as I told you in my earlier pod, if I have more than 50% effort and can prove it, that's proving that this work is original and human authored to my own, even if I get assisted by AI. But if I had AI write the whole thing, and of course, if I'm telling them the truth, which I obviously want to, then they wouldn't give me the copyright. And they're going to ask for this again and again. Even Amazon is asking, is are these books AI generated, meaning you started with AI, you wrote it, and then adapted it? Or did you write something and then use AI to help you, which they call AI assisted. AI generated is going to get one label, AI assisted another. And this is happening because people were submitting tons of books a day. Amazon's had to cap it to three books a day. That's how much content's being generated by AI and why it can't, one of the reasons it can't be copyrighted. But an interesting angle comes in. If you have a work and it's AI generated content considered fair use, this is an angle that OpenAI is trying. And fair use is interesting because you have all these lawsuits happening by Getty Images, John Grisham. If you go to my blog, you're going to be able to see links and get into deeper with this. But what's interesting is fair use usually refers to things like a journalist writing something about a book, for example, doing a review. That's fair use. Satirical nature, making sort of a joke about something that happened. That's fair use, making a comedy about a historical event. 
But OpenAI is now saying, hey, this extends to AI. We scraped this information. We, by the way, did not ask for permission. That's a big deal I'll cover in my next pod. But it's problematic because it's hard to define what the result is and how many different, like, for example, paintings went into the decision. How many images were in the decision the AI made? We, we don't even know yet. We're actually starting to figure it out. If you've listened to this pod, that's part of what's called explainability. How did it come to this decision? But right now, we don't really know unless it's just blatantly grabbing one image. Like a lot of people in mid-journey will do Star Wars images, which will be totally illegal soon because it's copyrighted, licensed. And certainly that could be an argument going, wait, you can't use Princess Leia. You can't use Luke. You can't use Darth Vader. You can't use Yoda because those are likenesses and creations that are copyrighted, that are owned. See what we're talking about here? So the key that really comes into with fair use is also whether it competes with the existing owner. Okay. So courts determine fair use, and this is according to bench law, B-E-N-S-C-H, bench law. I have a link to it on the pod. Courts determine fair use by four factors. The purpose and character of the use. Again, satirical journalistic is traditional. Nature of the copyrighted work. The amount or how much of the portion is used, which with AI is pretty much impossible unless it's just blatantly like you did a create me a Yoda in the middle of New York City. Okay, that's blatant. That's 100%. But how many images are saying create me a picture of paradise like Stephen Dollar did? How do we know what paradise looks like? How many images, right? Because it's grabbing all the content we've created. And then number four is really important, the economic impact of the use on the copyright owner. So you take Yoda, that's going to really not make Star Wars happy. Getty Images found that their images were taken. They could state it. And they actually, the open AI took apparently, uh, they're accused of taking the watermark out, which verifies that. We'll go into the next pod about how this can be protected, but anyone creating AI content faces challenges to their actual work and the impact of that work. And this is what makes it impossible for a copyright to even evaluate that because it's such a like huge thing. And ultimately they're not seeing you put pen to paper. They're not seeing you paint. They're not seeing you take a photograph. They're seeing you use prompts and get a result. And that is not considered copyrightable though. The actual prompts that you create are copyrightable because they're unique. You can show it. You can show creation. Of course, if you get out of AI, right? Do you see how confusing this gets? So remember, though, here is the big impact right off the front. If there are so many marketing agencies, there are so many businesses bringing AI in and using it and creating this content and saying, great, but a lot of them are forgetting what work for hire does. If I'm an agency and you hire me as a client, when I give you what I write or create or my images or whatever I do, you own them. You should, I should transfer the copyright I created to you. That's the way the law is. And you're also liable for what happens if I make an error, if I say something racist, for example, you know, all the complications that can happen, you, the client have paid for that and said, yes, I own it. Well, if you don't get the copyright, then number one, you cannot get a copyright transfer. So if the agency uses human creators and doesn't disclose, and excuse me, uses human creators, this is all great, right? That's the old way. But if they use AI and they don't disclose it and people find out, which is tricky because we really can't have any piece of software that can literally tell you whether it's AI generated. We can't, but 
let's say they found out and you told them it was AI generated, they don't get the copyright, but they hold the liability. So if you did something messed up, if you gave them a wrong source that AI is prone to do, sometimes their sources aren't correct and it's libel and they share it with their public and they, for whatever reason, get outraged, they're liable for it. Client expectations. Isn't it expected that you receive copyright ownership and licensing? Hey, I, I don't own the copyright. I can't license it out. I can't make business deals because I actually don't own it. This is how important copyright is. And if you're even doing it inside your company, you got to be really careful because future use, if you don't own it, then how do you modify it, distribute it, share it in public? Could be arguable. The posting on social media is a public use. Now, no one's going to sue you over this in one sense, but it's sort of crazy, isn't it? You really don't have any rights. So how do we like start with this? Because the challenges of an inability to copyright AI generation content is there's no legal protection, no attribution to you. You can't say, I did this. Who's to say who owns or created it? Monetization. Legally, how can you monetize it? Not like someone's going to sue you, but let's say you publish a book on Amazon. It's all AI written. I could go take that book, put my name on it. You don't have a case to stand against me in court because you don't own the copyright. That means public domain. Oh boy, I can already hear everybody going out, stealing everybody else's work, but it is public domain, which means anyone can use it. Probably anybody can sell it. I'm not a lawyer here. This is not legal advice. Remember that, but you should look into it with a legal mind if you're really serious. Intellectual property rights, none. Without a copyright, no protection. Plagiarism, how can they plagiarize if it's public domain and you don't own it? You can't. You can't accuse them of plagiarism because you don't have the right, the copyright, to say that. Legal ambiguity, pretty obvious, right? No licensing, you don't own it, can't license it. Loss of control, you got none. So there's ethical problems. What if somebody uses it in a totally wrong way that you oppose ethically, morally. I don't want to get in the weirdness, but it could, let's say some criminal goes out in some like really dark web kind of nasty site and uses your content, your photo, your photo that you created and they use it in an inappropriate way, according to you. Well, there is no according to you if you don't own the copyright. So pretty much makes it a wild west. So, now you're all like, oh, now I can't even create content with AI. And you're the AI optimist. Give me a break. Zarai of the Dawn. Here's a ray of copyright hope. Christina Kashtanova, pardon me, wrote a comic book that had a bunch of images. Now, it was interesting. She wrote it. She organized it. And the copyright office first gave her the copyright, but then took it back because the images she did with Midjourney could not be copyrighted. But... She wrote the content herself. She organized the content and the images in a specific order in a book. They allowed her to copyright that. Now, here's what's cool. So she could own everything she did. She couldn't own the images. Somebody could take an image out of her book, though in a comic book, it sort of makes sense that people stealing and doing that isn't as negative an impact. You still own the book. So if somebody tried to take her book and sell it. She has copyright protection. Unethical use, she has copyright protection, but not over the individual images. They would not give her the individual image copyrights. So human authorship, she wrote it, she organized it, she did the work, she could show that, but she could not show that the images 
were created by her because they were created by, according to the court copyright office, Mid-Journey. Wow. So as we're cruising through the 20th century, our copyright laws, honestly, were written in 1909 and 1976 in the U.S. and pretty much everywhere else. They're old, okay? They don't know what to do with this. And I'm going to talk with you about some great solutions next week, but this lack of legal clarity throws a wrench into the gears of creativity. I mean, imagine you pour your heart and soul into your masterpiece, only you can't protect it because it doesn't understand your robotic co-pilot. And all these cutting edge algorithms are buried in lawsuits right now. So instead of new art, age of art and content, we got old rules. And AI copyright right now is like a cloud of smoke, challenging to contain and impossible to control until the law catches up, recognizing more than a human authorship. Because without a content, without a copyright, you don't have content. Anyone can take it, call it their own, even sell it. So defining how to copyright AI content and what's possible is in our next pod. Until then, step slowly and understand that you don't know what you create with AI yet. But boy, it's going to be exciting to see where this goes. Should AI-generated content be copyrightable? I think so. What do you think? Post a comment on the blog in the pod. Reply to me. Let me know. The AI Optimist. My name's Declan, and I'm done. See you next time.